Hi, I'm Vince Irushi. And I'm Stephen A. And this is the Assign It To Me podcast. This show is a weekly discussion about our application, Assign It To Me, which is a web-based project management tool for professional services companies that are looking for an easier and effective way to manage their projects. We discuss topics like project management, analytics, and any interesting and noteworthy news and technology. You can catch our show notes for these podcasts at blog.assignittome.com. It's uh, Friday the 13th of September. The shower scene, right? Um, you're not, you're not, oh, that's uh, a picture I don't want to imagine yeah. in my head right no, now. Vince. Come on, come on. <laughs> you're not, uh, you're not superstition, are you? No. Superstitious? So no. it's just another day. Right? Yeah, to me, it's yeah. another day. There's actually a word in Trivial Pursuit. Uh, it's one of the questions. It's what a is phobia. What is the fear? It's Triska something, blah, blah, blah. Phobia. Right, right. Well, um, happens to fall on a, on a Friday. It's no big deal. It's a, it's also my daughter's birthday today. So oh, is it really? Happy birthday, Nicole. If she's listening. She? She's probably not listening, but she's 15 today. Wow. Yeah. Time I flies. Yeah, it, it does. It does. Um, and I just, I read something the other day. and it you, was, you actually read something? I did. I did. It was, um, some guys are already lining up for the Apple phones outside oh, the flagship man. store in New York. And like 20 days or... 30 days before it's Why? going to be released. I don't know. These are the fanboys, they, right? They, they want that blingy, blingy gold iPhone 5. Yeah. With the, There's two of them. The, the 5C and the 5S. The snazzy right? fingerprint recognition. Well, the 5C, from what I understand, is the one that they're actually pushing really hard. The the one with the polycarbonate back? They the, don't say it's plastic. The right? iPhone 5 with the plastic. Last year's iPhone 5 with a plastic, plastic cover and a right. slightly improved camera. They because it's cheaper. So they're actually going down market and... Pushing the well, 5S upmarket. This, this stock tanked $40, which is about 6%. Well, Apple is always up on rumors, down on news. Really? Historically, always. Yeah. So if, you, if you're going to... Now's play, a good time to If buy. you're going to play the cycle, if you've got... Well, well since one share is, what, four or 500 bucks? If you've got tens of thousands of dollars and you want to play the cycle, what you always do is you sell on, on the rumor, wait till the stock goes down on news. And buy always on the news. goes down. Yeah. You yeah, so it, it did tank $40, and probably because, um, well, the reason they're, they're saying is because they, they thought the 4C was overpriced. <laughs> yeah, but And they're trying to penetrate the Chinese market, You, right? you and so, I both know analysts. Yeah. How, how much do analysts know? Not much. Uh, they, well, they think they know much, right? Because Apple has record profits, and their, their stock will go down. Right, right. Amazon breaks even, their stock goes up. Well, I, I read I read a funny quote. It said that, oh, yeah, their profitability will probably go up. Oh, yeah. Be, will be better. But their long-term growth is going to suffer. And I'm thinking, well, how much bigger can Apple get, really? Like, you know, they're pretty big. What do they care about more growth? Really? Well, I think like, the lukewarm response in China gave them a bit of uh, a yeah. hit because China's their biggest growth market right now. So. Yeah. I don't know. And they're getting a competition from Samsung who's selling the units for half the price. So do you think the fingerprint thing is cool? They say they're not sending it to the NSA, but uh, I don't know. know. A gag order would prevent them from saying anything about it at all anyway. Uh, I don't know. I, I, just, I got no comment on the fingerprint. Like, Here's what I think. Does it release some extra? So if you've got a really dark tan and you're traveling, right, uh, going through the airport, you know, if you have a dark tan, historically you get... Uh, a higher randomization possibility of being checked out by by the TSA. For what reason? Just oh, I, okay, Come never on. mind. I thought you meant after coming back from 
vacation? If you if you just happen to have, you're saying if you have a, darker skin, a dark tan. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> you you get you get you get picked out for some reason. Your statistically higher uh, probability to get picked for a quote unquote random search. Right. Right. And a lot of them actually force you to enter the password. Right. Right. And if you are only using a fingerprint, not fingerprint and password, all they have to do is grab your hand. That's right. Stick it on the phone and bang, they're in your phone. Right? That's right. That's but right. I think only fools put state secrets in on their phone. But I think you're going to see if uh, there's some James Bond movie and some guy is, uh, yeah. you know, they're just going to torture him and put his finger on the phone. It won't yeah. work if, if you chop the finger finger off. But yeah, no. They, well, that technology's been around. What are they? No, it's biometrics. Very different. It's right? very different than the. I don't know. Well, did you, yeah, your your ThinkPad it, and that was like three years. Those ago. were the ones that you swipe your finger. It's right. a very different technology from that. Well, you just put your finger on it and it reads. Yeah, this it. one this one reads the subsurface of your finger. Yeah, which is very different from the technology that you saw on laptops on yeah. the Windows side several well, years ago. The new phones make me wonder. Uh, in two ways, one, um, and I'm thinking as from a jobs type of mm-hmm. perspective, do you think he would have released a phone with a plastic back on it? Yeah, because the iPhone three G three, well, the original, and three sorry, the three G and three GS had plastic. Backs. It reminds me of the original uh, IMAX, you know, those big bulbous yes. ones with the color. Yeah, yes. so no, well, I mean, my first iPhone had a plastic back. Right now, do you think he would release two iPhones? Well, it's the same. Basically, it's the same iPhone, isn't it? It's just it's just a different trip. They yeah. did it with the iPods. I don't see why it's very different. Okay, but okay. Uh, I wasn't wowed. The sixty-four bit I thought was kind of a red herring because it's twice as fast because it's a new generation chip. Right. First and foremost, the sixty-four bit adds optimizations for certain right. types of math. Well, they're saying it's forty certain types of. They're saying it's forty times faster than the original iPhone, right? So. Yeah, but so is it because it's 64-bit? Uh, partially. Yeah. I think Apple has a thing with hyperbole. Yeah, They'd yeah. like to really pump it up. You know what? I, sometimes I think as Apple more of a marketing company than an IT company. Oh, they're, they're, like, they're, they are a marketing and product yeah. company. I bet you a lot of companies in the world try to model their marketing after Apple, or at least their influence and big fail. time. Yeah. Right, right. It's true. Okay, what else are we going to talk about? Get Lucky Remix. Okay, so uh, you song posted of the this summer. a couple. Yeah, that's right. Is it the song? No, actually, I think uh, Blurred Lines was, well, they didn't win the MTV song, video song of the summer. That was some other song. So this. One this, Direction. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Your favorite band. Yeah, I love those guys. Yeah. So Daft Punk is the the name of the um, the group, and they've got this. What are they? Are they DJs? Or are they musicians? Uh, two guys, I don't know who they are. They're kind of anonymous because they got helmets oh, they're, on. Oh, they're not robots? Yeah, they're robots or something like that. I don't know. I saw an interview <laughs> with uh, the guy who sings on the album, Farrell, Fer- Yeah. And he was saying, he just kept referring to them as robots. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's, it, the song's, in, you know, you listen to it, it's it's it's, it's got a serious hook. Catchy, it's got, yeah, 80s, very catchy. 80s, right. 70s, 80s. So, vibe. you posted something. Uh, you posted actually on Facebook too, and uh, I saw the link, and it was this. And, and you're saying that this recording was done prior to Daft. Punk. 2011, right? The Korean guy, right? Yeah, the Korean guy. So 
He's not he, not not the one that wears sunglasses and dance like he's no, riding a horse. No, no his his fifteen guy. minutes are up, I think. But uh, <laughs> um, this this kid is just a kid who plays you know a car, a guitar. Yeah, and he's got this guitar and he's got this effect where it's got a delay on it. So he goes and he plays the the Daft Punk chords, and it just runs over and over. And then he goes and he lays on top another but that, his chord his, his chords, chords not Daft Punk on top right. So. So he's got he's got this delay and the delay's running in the background. He keeps laying all these pieces on top using the guitar with the delay. And then it sounds by the time like he's done, it sounds it's it's, just, it's like uncanny how, how much it that's, sounds that's like. That's the word I would use. I yeah. don't know if that it's a copy and I understand that everything's a remix. Right. But uh it to me it was is it, was, it seems a little more than coincidental. Right. That's <clears> so fine. do I one, care? One no. of the articles was shaming uh Daft Punk, you know, but who knows, right? It's three chords, and, and they're played a certain way, and if they're played over and over again... Oh, it's just like, uh, you know, the right. Beatles' version of La Bamba is Twist and Shout. Right. Kenny Rogers' version of Feeling is Lady. Uh, very, yeah, that sounds a lot like... That's right, that's right. So, there there can be remixes from time to time, right? So, we, we've spoken about everything as a remix many times, so... By you, you know, Kirby Ferguson, is that the guy's name? I forget his Worth name. Worth watching. Yeah, it is. And, and, and if you don't like Daft Punk, you gotta see the Stephen Colbert episode... Where Daft Punk was supposed to show up, it's a, it's a, it was probably his best episode in years. I'm gonna look that up. I'll, if I find it, I'll, I'll put that a link. That was uh, a month ago. Yeah. If I find it, I'll put a link on the. Because ended site. up not showing up because of the MTV Music Awards. Yeah. <laughs> it was a really good episode. Okay, so there's another posting on Get Lucky in the theme of that uh, that hit song for the summer, and let's take a look at this. So basic. What they're doing is they're taking the Mario characters. Is Mario Paint or some app like that? Yeah. Apparently, there's there's actually some some hacked version on Windows. But basically, it's this little painting program that lets you use the characters from the Mario games right. to represent musical notes. So it's got the music music notation. It's yes. got the staff. It's got the it's you know you the see mushrooms that the and mushroom. then you know and then each each note. That's being played is represented by one of those icons. For yes, the and it's a, and the sound related to that icon. So mushrooms makes a mushroom sound. <laughs> Talk about? Um, not that. No, nope. Okay. So uh, blog entries. Yahoo's new logo. So we went through a logo process, and we did. What do you think of their new logo? It's pretty hideous, isn't it? Um, it looks yeah, like it's... they paid less than we did for the logo. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Sometimes the simplest logos are. I guess I thought their existing logo was perfectly fine. Right. I love their existing logo. This yeah. one, not so much. Now this logo here is kind of going against what everyone else is doing, so it's oh, got some relief it. to it. I don't know if you've seen. There's a lot of Google's chatter gone about flat. it. Google's gone. They've Apparently, gone they, they, what they, I saw an update on on that article, which, which basically said they only put they put flat where it, uh, they don't think any. 3D relief looks good. Right. So in certain situations, they'll use the flat version. Right. But uh, they haven't gone 100% flat. Right. iOS iOS 7's going flat. But um, all the designers had a conniption over this new logo. How how she wrote this post about it and right. talked about the technical reasons and how they worked on the weekend and it's all so it's uppercase. The Y is a little bit bigger than the rest it's of it. It's the same layout as the old one without yeah. the serifs using right. a modified version of the. Optima font, I think. Right. But and they explain in the video, there's a cool video on how they, they kind of put it together and 
<laughs> you so, know, just trying to make it fun. And it's, so, I don't know, it looks kind of. I mean, the des- I don't know if you saw any chatter on it. Like, the designers went. I didn't see the chatter, no. Caca crazy. Really? So, and they missed the entire point because they were talking, oh, you should have a real designer in there, blah, 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 blah. So, this was designed internally with. With they, the, they didn't two, get any two outside. Creative, two creative directors um, right. who you you know usually have a design background and an intern who actually did the design work and marketing guy. No outside help. But they missed a whole point of it. Right. And the whole point of it is not the logo. Because the logo does You and I like logos, but really the logo doesn't matter. Because most of the people who are going to Yahoo aren't designers. You know what? I can't even remember like, how many times you look at the logo. I don't really... If somebody... If you said draw out the old logo, Yahoo logo... I don't remember it. It's, oh, I, it's I can draw weird. it out. Yeah. Um, but the whole point is, Marissa Mayer is a relatively new CEO there. It's a PR stunt. Yeah. The logo doesn't matter. It's a casualty of the PR stunt. Because the by by redoing the logo, whether it sucks or not, she's basically saying, we're no longer the old Yahoo. That's a statement they're making with the logo. Makes has sense. nothing to do with how good the logo looks. Yeah. All right? Yeah. No new CEO, new nobody logo. Cares. New when you go to Yahoo Sports for your foot fantasy football scores, you're you're more obsessed with the content. I don't care about the logo, yeah. what it looks like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It's probably it's, it is a marketing play. <laughs> but uh, I think so. oh my goodness, because on Hacker News, there there are gigantic discussion threads over them. They, you know, with like 800 comments and on how right how you know designers were mortified by the process. You know that. Uh, Marissa Mayer outlined in her Tumblr post and yeah. things like that, and I just, it's like you think you know, it's just a, it's just a marketing play, right? I hate the logo, yeah, but I also recognize that the logo doesn't really matter because you know you go Google has a hideous logo, and I still go to the Google site, right? Yeah. Right, that's true. And uh, Yahoo has some properties that really are very good, like their sport Yahoo Sports is really good, right? Yep. Some of their other properties are very good. So to me, it was just. We're a different company now. Right, yeah. That was what it was all about. But I hate the logo. What about mail? No one uses their mail, do they? Uh, I still have a mail account. Um, if you haven't used it for two years, you, you're actually probably going to lose your right. username because they, they instituted that new policy. Oh, but yeah, just in case another Vince Irushi uh, wants to use it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many there How are. many of those? They're There's only of, one of those in the world. There's plenty of Stephen Ng. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Don't Google yeah. Steve Ng, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, the guy with the chaps walking <laughs> around. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, you know, you know, by, by me saying don't Google it, people will. Yeah, of course. The, the three sure. three listeners and the right NSA. After, right after the podcast, I'm gonna have another look at what he's up to. Yeah, so. our three listeners <laughs> plus the NSA and the FBI. That's right, and the FBI. Yeah, uh, Ginkgo. So I read. I read. Oh, this. you're gonna start taking some. Um, not the tea. Because apparently, what does it do? It improves your focus. Uh, does it? Yes, it improves your well. So they say. Oh, I need to. I need to drink a lot of that then. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know that it actually works. I'm not. I don't believe in that kind of stuff. So. So it's got. It's got like an index or a hierarchy type of. Um, of structure. So you have it, three almost, panes. That's right. Three panes. So it's, you probably have, the way they show it is, um, your text or your the as you're reading it. It's got the main subject, then it's got the sub-subject. Almost like a table of contents is broken mm-hmm. out, but it's in visual form. Yes. Right? On the on the screen, which which is, I'd have to get used to. I'm going to be honest I, with you. I've been playing, so I don't know if What do you think of it? I haven't used it do yet. Do you ever use words outline mode? 
Yeah. I yeah. hate it. Yeah. Because when I'm writing a long document, I struggle with mentally managing the hierarchy. And it's a pain. It's just a long list, right? So so I think I think um, to describe this ginkgo thing a little more clearly, is you've got three panes that lets you create um, kind of like an org chart style of of writing and it comes in handy if you're writing a screenplay a proposal let's say because if i'm writing a long proposal or a specification moving sections between each other is a real pain right a real pain because you're cutting and you're scrolling so this breaks it up into three views that slide up and down uh i'm actually trying it out because i'm i'm writing something because i i write something for someone every two months and i'm experimenting with writing out the structure and i found that it has helped yeah. Um, it would really come in handy writing a proposal or a specification too. Um, specification maybe not because usually you drill down four levels, but it uh, it I mean it, it supports markdown and right. markdown. If you don't know what that is, it's just uh, it's just using little special characters to indicate that something's a heading. So right. you use a number right. sign for heading one, and then and then the little converter will convert it into styled text right right uh i'd have have to try it i don't like the idea of paying nine dollars a month for it i would rather pay fifty dollars for an application that did that because it's not something that i would really want as a service yeah there was another you know what there was another post regarding text that you had and and how it colors the end of the line oh yeah yeah that was pretty neat how uh for reading it shades the letters at the end, so uh, at the end or the hat alternating, so it goes from light to dark. Next light, next line is light to dark. Yeah. No, sorry, dark to light, then light to dark, so that it guides your eyes. Because I don't know if when you're reading, sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm reading place. a book and I, and I say I just read that sentence uh, twice. Yes. Or I've read the line, I skip and I go to read the next line. I'm reading the same line again. Maybe because I'm tired or whatever, my focus is kind of thrown off. Or yeah, I thought it was an interesting idea. So what this does, it colors the end of the line uh, of the the line above and colors the f- the front of the line and the line below, so that your eye or your mind kind of yeah. Goes so your color. mind knows where 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 you zigged and zagged last right. as right. you're as you're. I don't know if it'll text. catch on, but yeah, it's interesting. Oh, I don't know if it'll catch on at all, but I th- I thought it was very cool. Yeah, here's a post I want to talk about. It's not on our 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 list. Our, I'm gonna add it in our show notes but i'm going to add it uh, right after our, our podcast college humors tech and sp- ad spoof <laughs> so <laughs> i went through these i love them right yes. the one i like is the one where it says oh you, you know the ads that use the ukulele or whatever yes there are a lot of them yeah so, so now now when i watch tv all the time and and, and i watch it it's a lot of ads are using the, that, that ukulele so in the background i can't stand ad? it to, to tell people what it is i think what it does is it just keeps having vignettes of of people in their regular lives right. doing something with something. Right. And, and then turning around and saying some ridiculously pithy statement. Yeah, they're spoofs on tech commercials. And they have one for uh, IBM. Uh, they have one for Cisco. For, and they have one for Apple. And and it's and, and they're if you've funny. seen a BlackBerry ad, because they're slice of life, life ads, right? So right. There, I went BlackBerry, oh, this is a year ago. They had this one lady who organized... She was like a music industry bigwig who organized concerts. She goes, when I'm around, I I need to to sort through my thousands of emails, and you can't write an email without a keyboard. 
<laughs> right, so the College Humor ad makes yeah. fun of that style of advertising. I'm going to post that. Uh, if you get a chance, check it out. It's it's worth the, the watch of the different commercials, especially that ukulele one. That, that <laughs> there are a lot, of, a lot of them. <laughs> and they all seem to be playing the, the a variation of Train's uh, Hey Soul Sister. Yeah, which yeah is, that's which, right. Which has, has a, a huge part for ukulele. Yeah. Um, I'm going to move on to, uh, there's a post on Bill Watterson. We, we speak about, I guess we've spoken about Bill Watterson before. The last um, podcast, I think. Right. Or and two podcasts ago. This one, uh, I wanted to put up again because I just love his cartoons. I grew up with his cartoons and he's, he's, a, he's a chap who does uh, Calvin and Hobbes. But this one here uh, is actually a profile on him also. So, and, and if you look at the cartoon, uh, basically his life was, he could have been rich. He could have, if you ever go to a store, you'll never see a stuffed animal of Calvin or Hobbes. Or you'll never, no. you'll never see a pencil or a, a glass that has, he, he doesn't license his products. Well, this cartoon was not done by Bill Watterson, we should add. Some, some right. guy, some artist guy. It's in his, it's in his. Inspired uh, by Bill Watterson, right. drawn in his style. Right. So he's gone and um, Bill Watterson had the chance to go commercial, make a ton of dough. But what he did, he said, you know what? I'm tired. I want to go out on top. Uh, I'm going to create my ads. And he actually called his shots. Some of the some of the newspapers wouldn't let him put three panels. Yes. And he said, no, if you want my cartoons in your newspapers, it's this way. Yes. And they caved or they said, fine. And now his cartoons are put up and they're in their full glory. They're yes. not a chopped down version. Um, so that's the kind of stuff. He cared more about his work than making the almighty dollar. So that's what I liked about this article. And um, He would not have uh, been a good fit for many tech startups. <laughs> no, no, which it's all about, you know, let's, you know, getting our return on exit. investment. And, and, and you mentioned something before our podcast, and I, and I just want to reiterate it, that uh, I think we're kind of taking the same path. Uh, we, we could be out making some good dollars doing that, the consulting gig and, um, really pushing hard, well, we but, do, but we're doing, sort of. yeah, we do, but I, that's okay, just to yeah, sustain, I think. We're, we're not, uh, so let, let's, let's talk about how, how our lives were before assigned it to me or us. Oh, okay. So I, I probably give you a call every once in a while saying I've got that heavy, heavy feeling. No, that was you'd say, oh, you know, I've been on this RFP list and I see six different things we could go for Yeah, because yeah. we're constantly looking we right. as selective or. This guy called me up, you know, his money is just as good as everyone else's money. Right. Without right. seeing if they would be a good customer relationship type of right. thing. Or right. Or are we, are we creating something that's going to value people and the user? No, it's just let's put our seats in the chairs and let's see if we can, you know, bill. we used to say billing is king. Oh, you still say that. I say that. No, <laughs> it it's is. more like customer is king now or... or uh, but we're pickier about User customers. is king. Yeah, we don't, we, we don't take just everyone. We want, you know, a good fit. Right. And, and you know what, like there's, there's got to be a balance, but I'm saying don't be, I guess, don't be shaded or, or driven by uh, the dangling carrot, you know. You, you can make 10 times more license by, or money by licensing your product or, 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 putting, it, or putting it out in a, in a form or, or medium that doesn't agree with what you're doing. So uh, that's all that I wanted to bring up about that character. So, and I guess he's, he's gone, he's... He's gone in retirement and, you know, he's happy. He's kind right? of reclusive if I understand I think he's probably too. still made a lot of money, but it's not, not to the money, the extent that he could have made, right? So. Okay, so uh, let's move on to our general topic. Just maybe an update on the app. So are you using the app? 
I am steady. I'm using it. Um, Me too. I'm starting to uh, use more and more of the different parts of it. And so, now that you're dog dog fooding, uh, yep. and if you're not familiar with, with that phrase, it comes from eat your own dog food, which is uh, if you make something, you should use it. Yes. And I'm doing it, some things. I like I, that company <laughs> that we, whose software we just love that starts with a C. You can clearly tell that the people who wrote the software never used it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we don't like to use a C word on in our podcast. <laughs> it's not the four-letter one. It's oh, no, the six-letter okay. Oh, one. I didn't know that. Okay. It's a six-letter <laughs> word. Um, so I'm using it more. I'm starting to use it in ways that we probably didn't think we would. As we well, we used it as a competitive analysis no, database. No, well, you know what? That I've, was I, one project we created. I'm trying it for... for for one of my my projects, I've actually set up one task uh-huh. just for time entry. Reason being, and and it's it's funny I do that because I'm having the reason why I'm doing that is I need to, I need to track track one of those tasks because I have I keep getting an extension on this project, mm-hmm. and I need to and I have to make sure that my time entered matches um, what the the original extension is mm-hmm. time wise. So I'm using it that way. I, you know, and I'll, and I'll probably document it and explain to you what I'm doing, but maybe we can kind of work something in where um, we don't have to do that in the future because I can't go over, let's say they, they, they book another 80 hours for me. I can't go over that 80 hours, right? And I want to make sure I'm tracking it and I can report. So maybe the reporting will take care of that. Yeah, that'll future. probably have to right. be in a dash card. Right. So that's, that's pretty cool. So, and um, uh, I find that, what I what I really find is as I'm using it, it's keeping me honest. Hey, you're late on this project. Yeah. So either that's I, what I love about it. I can assign I'm, you stuff, right? And I don't have to poke you with a stick. The app is gonna poke you right. with a stick. So, so it's poking me. And what I do is I either jump on it, or if I know I can push it off, or I can I'll go and extend it out another week or whatever. So I'm managing my work. I am managing, but I know that as I'm extending, hey, I got that coming up still. I still have to work on that. Uh, but it's it's forcing me to prioritize without putting an A, B, or C next to uh, to each task. So as you know, on uh, what day? What Tuesday? Tuesday night, I started getting more read errors on my hard drive. So then uh, the next day, I had to clone it, and that took because I have like 400 gigs of data, and writing it to an external drive took four and a half hours, and then I had all sorts of problems after. So basically. My day was a write-off. Yep. It was an unexpected write-off. And we had been talking and implementing this feature called adding a scope change to the project. And I was finally able to, to actually add one to one for of my... For unplanned work. For right? unplanned right. work that impacts my my deliverable dates and effort and all sorts of stuff. So now, like having having had the ability to to mark something as a unplanned scope change and it being clearly visible in my project with a little triangle and an exclamation mark is very, I'm glad we did it. And it's very easy to see um, that the project had problems. Right. Well, I mean, this one was unrelated to the work I was actually doing, but it prevented me from doing work. Yeah. So... I, no, I, th- I think that's a that's a good piece because uh, a lot of projects go south because and, and, and what you end up doing free. if you're using like a normal project management tool is you just add more time to the existing task, right? As opposed to isolating out that time and being able to track it separately, saying, "Oh, um, Joe 
spent six more hours than he was supposed to, but he also had an issue here because a customer totally changed the the task at hand for so him. So I'm thinking the more you use our app, the better it is because let's say you start doing projects yes. and then you have a post-mortem report that we're going to have eventually. Oh, we, that, that, is, that is on the, our development list. That identifies Called vacation. the report card. Right, report card. That, that, that We're going to have one of those that's going to identify scope changes, going to identify downtime based on hardware problems and identify vacation days and sick days. After a while, we'll be able to come up with a metric that says, you know, ideally based on history, we should be, you know, padding 10% for downtime and 5% for vacation or whatever um, in that way. So, well, we're, we're, <laughs> I, I, don't I guess wanna, everybody's different. I don't want to talk about a vaporware feature. Uh, and I don't know if you remember. That's some of the possibilities. If, if you right? remember that feature of the project simulator that we have. Uh, yeah. Is yeah. that what we're, we're going to do in yes. a future release is we're going to analyze every single project you've ever done. Um. And if you create a new project that you haven't done, based on how people have performed on previous projects um, and how your estimates were to your actuals, that we will guess in advance whether we think your project is going to run over budget, under yeah, I budget. Rem- I remember that one. Yeah, we yeah, spoke so about that. So, but going back to what you were talking about, the report card after the fact in terms of postmortem, um, it's important to mention that our app actually gives you live uh, dashboards that tell you when your fly. project is at risk. Yep. So you don't actually need to wait till the project's over to see if you're going over budget. Right. We have stuff that's in your face yep. um, telling you how you're doing. I mean, one of the things that I have on my assigned to me view is uh, we have this thing called a workload, which is an indicator. It's not, like that. It's not science that guesses, and it only works for, for today moving forward. You can't look at someone's previous prior workload because then you just look at their timesheets. Right. It guesses based on your assignments how many hours a day you're probably working. Yeah, I've, I had I got problems with mine because I had it at 36 hours a day. Oh, so you probably had some so tasks I had, with I a had, lot of... I'd have to be working, um, I don't know. I, you have so, to delegate. Yes. Yeah, so the 13th today, I have 23 hours as, <laughs> as assigned to me. I have 23 hours of work. I'm going to have to reposition. I'm going to have to rework some of but, them. But, you, but, but you, I know next week I'm only at three hours a day, at six hours a day, which th- I'm looking at but, it right now. But it's, it's really interesting, cool. right? Because it you is. know that your project structure is bad because you have a couple of tasks that may have... So if you're a 36 I'm over allocated. you could have three tasks that, are, that start and end that in, in a short period of time that are 12 hours a day. And it looks it looks seven days out, so I know that next week I'm I'm almost 100 percent allocated if nothing changes. Yes. For the first three days, but then I'm only three hours for the last two days. I know I could probably push some of the the tasks. And you've up. never had that on a oh no on a tool before. No, I like this. I like this. So. Right. We well, I mean, we did in our previous life we did buy a, a resource management tool, but it was more of a scheduling tool. Yeah, it was than anything. And but, I had to I had to work I I had to work my my butt off to get everybody to put in yeah, there. and it wasn't connected to any no timesheet or any other app so ours is basically we guess how busy you're going to be based on the projects entered in the system in the future um right and we can tell if someone's not going to be busy it's not exact science but no, it you isn't. know what it's good it's good. it tells I, you I, how busy it's you are. handy yeah. because i can see like i use that and i i think it, it's pretty cool Anything else? I think there was some small changes we or some some good changes we did this week regarding how 
how a user would manage their some some their interaction tests. stuff. Right. Yeah, that, and that's that's stuff that comes out of the dog food. But it's very stable. Um, we got updates going in. Uh, we got some new technology. We're using cutting edge technology for infrastructure and deployment. So, and I think we should always stay on top of the cutting edge. I think moving forward. So, yeah. Uh, so I mean, we're still we're not putting any dates on for no. public be- data. Will be before the end of the year. The app will be done. Does it mean it'll that's be out your, there? That's your my definition of done. <laughs> no, no, it's but you know what? It's it's done now. It's we're, usable we're not, now. We're not right? at a we're not on a design freeze or a feature freeze yet. There's still features getting added in yeah. because as we're using it, we're finding um, gaps. Right. I think most of the components are there though. Yeah, the core so. is in there, and well, uh, most importantly, the the pieces that feed what I consider to be one of our secret sauces are the analytics. All of that stuff is is in there now. Right. Now it's more refining the user interface. Um, I'm getting excited. Making sure the flow. <laughs> well, keep it in your pants there, buddy. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> that the flow works and uh, the usability is there. Right. And then we also have, you know, we have all our marketing stuff we have to put together and uh, yes. information on how to let people know what's out there. So yeah, so I have to we'll keep, be- I have to keep throwing a bucket of wet water on you because you, Comment- you, yeah. you get too, you get too excited. Yes, yes, so. Um, so that's it for the app. Anything else you want to talk about the app? Uh, it's coming along really nice. Yeah. And, um, one of the features, so that I, I actually end up really liking is cause I am really bad with timesheets. Every time I update my percent complete, it forces me, well, it doesn't force me. It gives me the option to enter my time. Right. And I, I take advantage of it. And, and, uh, I'm no longer the enter my time on Monday kind of person no i'm doing the same thing i'm entering i'm entering it in and because my goal um in using our quote-unquote assigned to me view which is the list of tasks that i'm currently supposed to be working on is to clear that get it as small as possible the only way to get rid of those items is to mark stuff off as 100 percent right so as i'm marking them off as 100 percent, just me entering in like three keyboard right taps and i'm done let me ask you that new tab that we have for the task, would that have like a, a list of the of, of time entered? Yes, that's that in the detailed. Maybe for the week, the current week or something. Yes. Well, we'll no, see. no, that's of all time for the task. Yeah. Okay. Great. great. But I mean, most people will rarely use that. They'll usually and you do it directly in the view when they're updating the right percent complete. Because I find that that linkage well, I, there. Well, I screwed really up good. the other day. This is why I asked because I screwed up the other day and I entered time and I entered it twice. Oh, and yeah. I wanted to go back and change it, but I couldn't. You, well, that was we one, that's one of the things that we haven't implemented right. yet is the ability to delete. So I, I would say, you know, I, I entered on Monday, then I entered on Tuesday. I go, well, I can't go back to Monday and change. No, you so will be able. Will to. be so that yeah. just hasn't been wired in. That's right. So. Okay, so that's it for the app. Um, let's so things are good. You like it? Yeah, You're I'm, using I'm, it. I'm lo- yeah, I'm using it. I actually have it open on the right, and when when w- my customer that I'm working for, for now goes and adds scope or makes a change, I'm documenting it. Um, and you're using the scope change? I'm feature? using it to enter the time and I'm using the, I haven't used a scope change yet. I have to add that. I'm going to have to try that. But I haven't, ba- I didn't baseline the project in the first place. So um, you don't need to baseline the project because the baseline is your, your existing project with. Oh, so if I click change. scope change, then it adds, a, it's got a flag that it's a scope so, change. So I can, I can actually add a new task without making a scope change. Yes. And that just adds to your baseline. Okay. So that's good. Yeah, that's it's awesome. up to you. It's it 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 
doesn't impose its will on how to do things for you. So uh, it's uh, up to you to choose. Could there how be you a, could there be a switch where you switch any new items? Maybe this might be a good feature to put in. It might be an easy one to add. Any new items from a certain point on has to be scope change. Well, instead so, of clicking, or it's by no. default, it's it's no. But you just instead of clicking new tabs, you click new scope change. Okay. So that I mean, it's not. So it's it's um the buttons right next to the new task button. They're almost exactly the same. So what we should do is just, yeah, uh, on the fly, I guess you would make the decision at at time you create the new task. Yeah, you should know when you're creating a task where there's a scope change. I would think. Uh, yeah. That's the, and again, it's only the PM that's doing that, right? Yes. So. Yes. Okay, so uh, let's move on to the next, uh, the final uh, piece, which are picks of the week. Oh. Space picks? Space picks, yes, our space picks. Voyager is leaving <laughs> the universe and traveling through some plasma or something like that, cosmic plasma right now. Oh, is that's it? That's a 40-year-old probe, right? V'ger. Uh, Voyager. Yeah. I think it's Voyager. Yeah, Voyager. V'ger, I used, well, if you saw the first Star Trek movie, which is like the worst of all time. <laughs> um, the latest one is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, God. Yeah, it's, but it's kind of a copy. Like, they, they got to come up with new ideas, you know? Like, I, I don't, I don't, Wrath of Khan was so long ago for me. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, also saw something about, speaking of space picks, um, NASA actually identified three asteroids that are lassoable. That you can, <laughs> that they can actually haul in. I don't know how big they are, but um, so I read that this morning. So picks of the week. Um, I'll, I'll start off. I saw a movie called Ecstasy of Order, uh, the Tetris Masters, and uh, what's what this is 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 very similar to if you've ever watched King of Kong. I love that movie. Right. So it's a documentary style, but it's it's well done. It's very good, and it's about the Tetris game. If everybody's played Tetris, I think it's the number one game that everyone has played. In my mind, it's the well, personal it's so favorite simple. of all time. Right. So there's, it's based Even on tetronemios that are basically there's four squares that make up these shapes, mm-hmm. and each and they, I think there's seven shapes total. Yeah. And what what it is is these guys are like the greatest players of Tetris, and they they identify these people, and they they can actually post them. I think there's a website where you can post your best games. You know what my downfall in that game is? What's that? I get greedy. Um, yeah, well... Because you, you, can, you can have the easy approaches, constantly clear lines, but, but you get wrong. more points when you clear right. four or three at a, at a time. When you clear four of them, so it, that's called a Tetris. And yes. the most important piece in the game, they say, is the long piece. The long bar. And what they do, they create wells, either on the left side yes. or the right. And yes. some of the guys go, oh, I like to have my wells on the left because I'm, I actually score higher. That's how much these guys are into it. Yeah, I get greedy and I try and create them, and then yeah. and then and then for the longest time I won't get the bar of four, and then you get these ones where you have to create these little holes in your right in in, in the wall that you're building. Yeah. So, and but these guys are so I used good. To be so good when I before I got greedy. They have the perfect games where you just they just get Tetris after Tetris. Um, there are certain milestones. There's what's called a perfect. Uh, there's a, a a max out game where it's nine hundred ninety nine 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 nine. Lines? Only, um, points. Lines or point? points? No, lines. Lines, the record is 267 lines. Oh, that's it? I thought yeah. it would have been higher than that. No, it's... What happens is, and I'll tell you about... And this, I, I don't want to ruin it too much, but... Oh, you already uh, ruined uh, it, buddy. After after nine, after <laughs> uh, level 19, 
They come down very quick. Yes, they're just like right. You can't even rotate. So from nineteen to them. twenty, from nineteen to twenty-eight, they come down very quick. And these guys are rotating and, and plopping. It's almost like they're they're um, in a zone. It's muscle memory, right? Yes. And they're putting it in place and they're clearing tetrises off. Just what happens is when you get to row twenty-nine, they speed up so fast, and it's called the the death uh, death level or something. They come down so fast, you don't have enough time to move them to the edge. Yes, yes. Right? I hate it when that happens. And that is row 29, and you can't get past that one. So only one guy's gotten past that to level 30. Wow. After level, no one's actually seen level 30. And um, the guy's name is, um, the one guy's name is Thor. And this Thor guy, <clears throat> actually, he was a, when he was a kid, he was so good at the game, he beat everyone in all these contests. And, um, after he went kind of in hiding, it was like the, the Bobby, Bobby Fisher, Fisher. Right. Bobby <laughs> Fisher of Tetris. And then he comes out and they actually invited him to this grandmaster tournament and all these people. And, and you see each of the characters and they're all different. They're all kind of quirky characters, but uh, it's really interesting. And this guy comes back and he's not that good. Like he, he, he's good at it, but he's not at the level during, he used to be. Yeah. And, and during the, the, the Tetris tournament, he, and he's, he's up there, but he's not as good as, as some of the other guys. Then at the end of the game, it goes. He actually but recorded when they compete, himself. They're playing one-player Tetris. Yes, because I don't know if you play, you multi- play yeah, multiplayer. Yeah. When you clear a line, you send you send a bunch of junk over to the other guy's yeah. side, right? No, these guys are playing one level. And at the end, they they show the store guy, and he goes. He records himself. He never recorded. He, he claims he hit thirty. He got a perfect game, mm-hmm. and he got the most lines. At the end, he he breaks all the records. Gets the most lines. Mm-hmm. He gets the highest perfect game. And he, he reaches level 30 and they record it. So he is like the best. And and why he's good is because his thumb actually vibrates as he clicks the button. Interesting. And it does something weird to the game that makes him go, that makes the piece come down faster. <laughs> Did they talk about uh, Alexei Pajitnov and how he made basically no money off of the game? Alexei Pajitnov is the creator. The, right. But he, is, he is in the he, beginning. He gets, he, you know, and. Tetris has made a lot of money for right. a lot of companies. For Nintendo, huge. Except for him. Right. He yeah. has made very little money off of the game. And they show him at the beginning, and he, and he basically says to all the contestants, good luck. And yeah, yeah, it it's is very sad. sad that he yeah. is, you know, for one of the, are easily one of the 10 best games of all time ever. Yeah, yeah it is. That uh, he has made so little money off of it. Another big one now is Candy. Everybody's addicted to this Candy Crush. My wife is hooked on Bejeweled Blitz. She played Candy Crush for a while, which is basically Bejeweled Blitz with candy instead right. of jewels. It is, yeah. yeah. Right? So um, that's my pick of the week. Uh, I recommend it. Watch it, and you let me know what oh, you think I, 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 I mm. plan on watching it. I just haven't gotten around yeah. to it. So your pick of the week, Pocket for Kobo. Pocket for Kobo. Pocket, which we talked about several podcasts ago, is what I use to basically store long form articles by long form i mean multi-page magazine articles that i don't have time to read now <laughs> my pocket <laughs> account has 900 and some odd articles uh in the queue which means that's years of reading which it, which reader are you using right now are you using the um this is not the same as google reader Oh, okay. pocket, pocket is its own app right for, right i wanted to ask you which were you uh, anyway continue sorry. um and, and, uh, yeah, there's like, cause I, I, I have fascination with true crime and all right. sorts of articles about missing people who, who come back and stuff like that. And, you know, those are like five, six page magazine articles and right. they take a good 15 minutes to read. And, uh, so I, I have this giant queue, but 
what I've always hoped for was to be able to put it onto an e-reader. I used to use Instapaper instead of Pocket, but the guy who develops is kind of a knob. So I stopped using it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they would let you export it into an EPUB, which you could put into like a Kindle or a, or a Kobo or whatever. Right. Whatever you like as your e-reader. But now any Kobo with Wi-Fi starting today, the, fir- the update is today, um, it will just show up in your e-reader. Because for me, the e-reader is the easiest way to read because it's not the light doesn't like burn into your eyes yeah. like an like a iPad does. I haven't so, used it as much as I thought I would, the Kobo, but... I use it mainly... The reason why I bought it is mainly for for text... Uh, what I like to say, technical textbooks. Right. So right. my SQL manual, because you do it on a on a iPad, it's going to kill the battery. E-Ink, yeah. once it draws the page, it uses no energy. Right. So I can have it in front of me to the page on how to do a, a left outer join in SQL and just yeah. stare at that without it occupying space on my window. Yes. Um, cause screen space is very, very precious to me. So, but, uh, that's my main use for it. It's not a daily use cause I don't actually read books. I listen to audiobooks these days, right, right? But, uh, I, I find a lot of value in keeping my technical books in an e-reader. Speaking of audiobooks, I'm the one I was, I listened to when I went on that trip last week. You went um, on a trip last week? Well, out West. Was that was an RFP meeting? So oh, <laughs> yeah. Let me see what it was. I'm just gonna look it up. Yeah, that one. Oh, uh, the sim, um, insanely simple. Oh, that one's an okay book. Yeah, that's, that's a, Ken Siegel, the guy, yeah, good. the marketing like the guy. guy who yeah. uh, who Ken used Siegel. to do um, stuff with <clears throat> Steve Jobs. Right. The no, best um, analogy in that one is, um, I think when he crumples up a piece of paper and threw it at Steve Jobs. Right. I, can't I started the listening. Then I yeah. Then I. I guess tuned left out. it. Yeah. And then I, I listened to it again. It's pretty good actually. So uh, again, it talks about marketing more than anything else. So yes. um, I think that's it for this week. Um, to end this, this week, I just want to, I want to, yeah. <laughs> Friday the 13th, <laughs> Jason, we'll put a, we'll, I don't know. We'll it coincides with the beginning of the hockey preseason. So, you yeah, know, that's right. The murderous hockey mask wearing psycho serial killer. <laughs> Uh, so that's it for this week. Uh, I, I just wanted to finish this off by I want to dedicate this podcast to a colleague of mine, uh, Spring Choi. Uh, may she rest in peace. For more information on Assign It To Me, you can visit our website at assignittome.com or our blog at blog.assignittome.com. If you have any questions regarding this show or the Assign It To Me app, Feel free to contact me at vince at thescientism.com. Thanks for listening.